The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, what a wild and wacky Sunday we got to enjoy, and now we are ready to unpack it. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora shares his biggest takeaways from Week 8, where we saw a lot of backup quarterbacks take over in key situations and some big favorites getting upset or not covering the numbers. And that's where we will start. First, the Kansas City Chiefs get upset by the Denver Broncos of all teams. It's true. Denver plus 275 on the money line cashes as they knock off Kansas City. 24 to 9. This game felt all kinds of crazy. What with weather conditions and then finding out Pat Mahomes had flu like symptoms. Javante Williams went way over his rushing number. Alt numbers also got there. Russell Wilson had three touchdowns. Mahomes, two picks. Kansas City lost three fumbles. But as far as the biggest takeaways and things that we should be taking with us going forward, Joe, what stands out to you? Perfect example of why you need to follow the betting market. I don't care what you think of the game. I don't care how you expect it to be planned out and what kind of trend you have. Uh, because we talked about that number, how he's never uh, lost a road game in the division, which is just crazy to say for as much football as he's played, that it'll eventually happen. And he had a perfect record against ever going into that game. So eventually it's going to go the other way. And you needed everything to go the wrong way for the Chiefs for it to occur. But – we kept saying, like, why is this number coming down? What are we missing? Why is this number coming down? And I pro- the sickness, I'm buying into it. I totally believe it, based on the version of Pat Mahomes that we saw. And and you hinted at it, like, everything that could go wrong, in addition to Mahomes being sick. Just look at, look at the turnovers in the red zone. 0 for 3 in the red zone, Chiefs offense, against the worst defense in the NFL. Five turnovers against the worst defense in the NFL. If you look at turnovers and fourth down failures, Aaron, it was in favor of Denver 7-2. to two. You're not going to win any games when it's, <laughs> when it's uh, minus five on your, on your side. Yeah, I remember on Friday, I kept saying, like, why am I getting such good value on Pat Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns? What is going on? 
someone must have known that the flu was running through his whole family. I didn't know about it on Friday. I wish I did. I'm going to put myself in jail coming up later in the show for that because <laughs> I, I definitely took the bait on the good number there. I feel like a total loser today for that. I can't even imagine playing in an NFL game and being a quarterback with the flu, having to get IVs. And he just did not look like himself. There was no heroics. There was no late game comeback. I'm not going to overreact too much to what I saw. I do think Pat Mahomes and his receivers just haven't been able to find a way to get much chemistry yet going this season. But I think overall, is it great? No, but I'm not going to overreact too much if it's just the flu and hopefully the Chiefs can get back to who they are moving forward. We have seen other offenses in the National Football League have quarterbacks who are not 100% for whatever reason, whether it's the Mm -hmm. flu or a, a thumb injury or whatever the case is, and they're still able to perform at a high level because the rest of the team can carry said quarterback. That is not the case with the Chiefs. If anything goes wrong with Pat Mahomes, they are in big, big trouble. Much as we love Travis Kelsey, I'm certainly a big fan of Rasheed Rice. He is a rookie. He is still in that developmental process, and I think the sky's the limit for him. But the problem is this offense cannot carry a quarterback. It is the other way around. So if anything goes wrong with Mahomes, then the Chiefs are in big trouble. And that's exactly what we saw. He was certainly staying in the pocket too long. He averaged a time to throw throw of uh, 3.43 seconds, which leads me to believe that he was just kind of standing there much of the time. And these were, say, secondary sacks or trying to force something out of nothing. And usually Mahomes is really, really good at ad-libbing. Like, that's his best quality, and it's something that maybe two other quarterbacks total have this ability to do and that is to ad-lib but if you are sick and you can't get out of the pocket with any kind of consistency then there's really nothing for you to do and even as bad as this Broncos pass defense has been all season long it is still a professional pass defense and that's the (laughs) thing that we have to remind ourselves is that as as much as we may want to diss any particular unit They are still professionals out there. And if you're going up against someone who is infirmed, then these things are going to happen. And knowing that is the biggest deal here. Uh, Meanwhile, when it comes to the Broncos, like, okay, here's another example of uh, Russell Wilson uh, actually playing well. And that also matters. Like, yes, the Broncos are, are not making the playoffs, but it's certainly possible under the right conditions for Denver to upset a couple of teams going forward, Joe. And you can run on the Chiefs. And we saw that again yesterday. You can run mm-hmm. on the Chiefs. And, and that's what the, that's the majority of what they did. Now, look, <laughs> Denver didn't even have 250 total yards of offense yesterday. So, I mean, it, it really is about the turnovers. And they had less than 100 passing yards. But they, were a, they got the lead early, and they were able to control the game with 130. 53 rushing yards behind Javante Williams ended up being top five on the day going into Monday night football. But yeah, there was never that point like, okay, now's the, now's the buy time. Now you go because I looked mid second quarter Broncos were already favored to win that game. Mid second quarter, two and a half quarters left to go. Like there wasn't that feeling this is when it turns, and the Chiefs are just going to run away with this. We've seen this before, slow start, and they're going to take over. It's Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey time. Like, no, that, that just never happened yesterday. I don't think Russell Wilson actually 
did play that well. I know he had three touchdown passes, but they barely had over 100 passing yards. He was sacked four times, fumbled twice, lost one. He holds onto the ball too long. It was not pretty, in my opinion. They just got, they ran into a good situation. But I, I do like mm. Joe's point about running the ball. You can't, maybe Sean Payton learned something yesterday. You should run <laughs> the ball more. <laughs> well, there, there is that, you know, what, whatever it takes to win a ball game, I suppose. A lot of short fields and, and Russell Wilson, I, I suppose, took advantage of that. And that, that to me is why, okay, you know, given a gift, he took the gift. And in that regard, uh, the Broncos came out on top with, you know, a, not, not say a convincing win where you love Denver in every game going forward. Like, it's not like Sean Payton has unlocked something. That I think we can right. say for certain. But at least they do have this victory. And yes, under the right circumstances, they can upset just about anybody. But they need those right circumstances. How long, how often will they get them? That's where the research comes in. And that's probably the lesson to take away from a game like this. Let's move on now to the Bengals and the 49ers. To me, of all the games we saw yesterday in terms of implications for championship futures, all that stuff, this to me seemed like the biggest because Certainly the quarterback situation with the 49ers was, you know, volatile to say the least, but Brock Purdy wound up playing Joe Burrow. How healthy was he going to be off the bye? That was a big question, but ultimately it was the Bengals covering the number winning outright 31 to 17 since he plus 180 on the money line. Joe Burrow looked outstanding. Jamar Chase looked outstanding. We can discuss how Brock Purdy looked in that ball game, but Suffice to say, <laughs> Bengals are back. I'm with you. That's the lead. Now, depending which side you're on, that's probably going to be your lead. So if you were thinking, this is the spot for Cincinnati off the bye, more time for Burrow to heal, uh, then you think that's the lead. And if you were on San Francisco to finally bounce back but not get to a three-game losing streak, um, their demise <laughs> at the time <laughs> would, would be your lead there. But, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's about Burrow being back. And, man. Look, I mean, completion percentage above expectation, number one in the NFL yesterday. Four for five in the red zone. That's been a common theme in the NFL this year about team struggles in the red zone, and they go 80%. Beyond that, an 85-yard touchdown drive, a 78-yard touchdown drive, it was super impressive, and the Niners' defense couldn't do much. Now, we're not sitting here saying that the Bengals numbers wise are the best offense on the field. I mean, there were some that when you follow the, the stats, okay, I guess they did a better job, but for Cincinnati to go on the road to put up 31 points and Burrow didn't look like anything uh, we've seen in the past. Like we had that conversation. Is there time for Burrow to get into this MVP conversation? Maybe, maybe there is, maybe there is a Bengals. Are they doing Bengals things? where they just take off uh, after their early struggles. Maybe, maybe it just took a little bit longer due to the injury. I'm glad we got to this because my biggest takeaway was I have to give Ed some props. The Bengals were your preseason Super Bowl favorite, weren't they? And they were. Uh, I was going to say, you look surprised. I was like, I thought they were. And here they are. I <laughs> oh, still yeah, think yeah. the Ravens look really good too, um, but – here come the Bengals. T. Higgins also finally getting things together. He had a rough uh, first half. I know he he did have a rib injury, but even before that, he didn't look like the same guy, and now he's right. taken off. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he certainly has. Uh, when you look at that ball game with Joe Burrow, under pressure, folks, under pressure, 13 of 13, 136 yards, two touchdowns, completion percentage over expected of 37.1%. That is outrageous, but that's confidence in your health that you don't have to move around or mess with your timing. A lot of folks mentioned uh, Joe Burrow playing more under center. Certainly that's suggesting his athleticism is just fine. He was also on the run a good bit more, making passes uh, when he was running at least eight miles per hour or more for next-gen stats. That was impressive. Outside the box, he looked a good bit more comfortable. All of those things that we wanted to see from Joe Burrow to say that he is back, I think he did these things. And he did it against a defense that we largely respect. That's also a big deal. Now, you could also make the argument that the 49ers defense has regressed a little bit, that there's been a little bit of turnover, and that's Mm -hmm. a conversation certainly worth having. But the fact that Joe Burrow did this against any defense that we at least have some respect for, to me, that is huge. That is really, really important. As for Brock Purdy, (laughs) obviously the conversation out there, should he even have been playing with, you know, concussion protocol, things like that. Certainly that's a fair conversation to have. To me, the biggest takeaway, putting the concussion aside for one moment, is that he is struggling against zone coverages. His two worst zone games of his entire career were last week against the Vikings and this week against the Bengals. That is not good. And specifically, it's cover three that is bothering him so much. Now, when you take out cover three coverages in terms of how well Purdy has played, He has a 57.1% success rate. That is the highest in the National Football League. Brock Purdy can still be a great quarterback, but there is now a blueprint for beating him. And so if there is a takeaway for me regarding the 49ers, if there is a defense that plays really good cover three and really good zone, they are going to cause Brock Purdy some trouble, Joe. We knew that we knew that Lou Anaruma was going to be prepared for this spot, and he obviously saw that. And he said, Let, let's go. 17, 17, 17. That's how many points the 49ers have scored during this three-game losing streak. They have not cracked the 20 mark. And we looked really dumb after spending all summer saying that the Niners under the win total was was a strong play and how much we loved it. We looked really dumb after that Dallas game and they're 5-0. and Well, now we sit here and they're 5-3. and Oh, do they need this buy? They are very lucky this buy is coming. And, you know, the the amazing thing, Aaron, is here. Like, okay, at Cleveland, you hadn't lost yet. You could see it. It was the best defense in football, right? It made sense. But Cincinnati was was having their struggles defensively. Minnesota was viewed as a bottom five defense. I think the numbers would back that up uh, before Monday night's game. Like, now they're struggling offensively against defenses that haven't done much counting stats wise. Yeah. Purdy 365. Yeah. Kittle 149. But the point is that there were, there ended up being a lot of garbage time at the end uh, to, to get to those numbers. Yeah. I mean, we kept saying when is Purdy going to turn into a pumpkin and the bad ball raid, we knew it was probably coming eventually, but two more interceptions, a lost fumble in the second half You just can't have it. I do think I was higher on Eric Armstead, though. He was able to get after Burrow. So if there was anything positive on the Niners' side, I did like what I saw from him. It is fascinating that, you know, with Purdy's struggles, you know, we're having this conversation about should he have even been out there. But 
the, the other option is Sam Darnold, right? Like all of these quarterback concerns during the offseason and all the moves that they made, Trey Lance, things like that. Now it's coming back to haunt the 49ers a little bit because there now is a blueprint out there and they are facing mm-hmm. some good defenses coming up. Now the 49ers look a little bit more vulnerable. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue to deconstruct NFL Week 8, including if we are now officially a Seahawks show. I believe Joe uh, has some poetry he would like to recite about Jake Bobo. That's right here on the BetQL <laughs> Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Getting back to week eight, an incredible week eight to say the least. Talked about uh, some of the more exciting games, but now let's talk about you know some rather unfortunate news. A lot of quarterback injuries yesterday. Kenny Pickett, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Desmond Ritter to an extent. Of all of these, which one would you say is the biggest deal? Oh, my God, Tyrod. Ty- that was so gross. <laughs> that was just painful. Just painful to watch. If you got the, the best number of the week, Giants plus three and a half, they end up covering that one. If you got a bad number, that was a loss. Thank you, Dayball. I mean, there, there were just – like DeVito – I know you think I'm joking about the Tyrod thing, but you had a, a guy that they don't want to throw the football out there. That's the thing mm-hmm. with the Giants. They had negative nine passing yards in the game. So me, of, of all the group. Set a record. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you think about other guys that have had a history, Ritter to Heineke, uh, Stafford to Rippon. We don't know if he's going to be out there. Pickett to Jarvisky. Guys that have experience, like, Tyrod to DeVito is as bad as it gets. And then Aaron, the other really bad one is Cousins. Like this, now everything's up in the air. Trade deadline tomorrow. We'll talk to Jason Lockafor about that coming up at the top of the hour. And so much chatter about if Cousins is going to go anywhere, he's not going to stick with the Vikings after this year. Maybe this is the way it ends with Minnesota for him. I know. Doesn't it feel that way? His contract, I think it'll be void after the season because of this. And he's been a durable guy. He hasn't had a season-ending injury. I absolutely hate this for him, and I hate this for the Vikings because we've been talking about it. Uh, They don't run the ball. They can't run the ball. They try to run the ball. It still doesn't work. And now you don't have Captain Kirk? What are the Vikings going to do? I think this is catastrophic. It is awful for Minnesota to have this situation. Or they want to restart. They want to find the, their next quarterback. And it's the best thing that could have possibly happened to him. And it's, Kirk if is I'm not be that disgusted. bad. Yeah, but they were moving on from him. Because, I'm saying because of the cap, it was over. It was done. It, it was over. Um, I'm not saying he is bad. 
But with what they were paying him, with the tax, you know, with everything, they need to reset, and they've made that yeah. clear. And if they were going to have this, I hate to say this about an injury, but if he's out there, he's my point is he's too good, right? Yeah. He's too good. Not he's great, but with him out there, okay, Jefferson's down. Well, now I have this connection with Addison and Hawkinson yesterday over the and over the last couple of weeks. Like they were going to win too many games to get a good quarterback. Is is my point? In you know, in the end, since the divorce is probably going to happen, I mean, yeah. he was he's never missed a game. He's always healthy, and then right. you know, for for it to end this way, it's pretty amazing. I mentioned this on X yesterday, but you look at division leaders, you look at the top teams in the NFL right now, their quarterbacks are healthy. Sometimes it's just as simple as that as far as handicapping which teams are going to make a run to the Super Bowl. Can you stay healthy? If you do miss a game, can you bounce back quickly? And as far as the answer to this question, it's absolutely Kirk Cousins. There was some real optimism this time last week you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, more accurately, that the Minnesota Vikings could be back. All this one possession regression crap was going to end for them. And they would finally prove to us that that offense could overwhelm and that defense could do just enough. And the truth of the matter is the defense is having a reset and the offense is forced to having a reset. I will be curious to see if, say, Justin Jefferson's recovery timeline maybe slows down a little bit. Maybe they don't push it as much. If that's the case, then maybe as far as Justin Jefferson bets or futures or anything like that, and we need to slow our roll as far as that's concerned. But I think what this injury does, and, you know, Aaron, I, I agree in that Kirk Cousins can win the Vikings games. I never expected Minnesota to make a run to the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. So I look at this and I think, okay, this opens the door for other NFC teams now. Who they are, I don't know. Uh, but in terms of, say, like, for instance, you know, did we think there was some outside chance the Cowboys won't make the playoffs? Well, that's gone by the wayside. The Cowboys are absolutely no. making the playoffs after that win over the Rams. Uh, and we can certainly talk about that later. But that's, that's an example of, okay, teams that we think were kind of on the cusp they're almost now assuredly in. The Saints would be another one. Is it possible that two teams from the NFC South now make the playoffs? Oh, that possibility is way higher now than it was just a couple of days ago. NFC I guess North, my point one. really quick. It's over. Yeah. On the Cousins thing, I just think we've seen, you know, unders hitting, lower scoring games. It's hard to find a good quarterback, and perhaps there will be several in the draft. But I, my point with Cousins is just because you want a new quarterback doesn't mean it's that easy to go out and find one was just my point. At least he's serviceable. You know what you're getting because there's some bad quarterbacks out there right now. NFC North is over. We can say that in – it's late October, but we probably could have said it a couple of weeks ago. Any glimmer of hope mm -hmm. that the Packers could figure things out. The Vikings are going to go on some run. Now it's dead. Now it's done. Uh, the Lions are the biggest favorite of any division in the NFL, a bigger favorite than the Chiefs. They're minus 1,000, minus like 1,100 at some spots. It is done. That is a one-bid division for the NFC playoff. As wide open as it is, it's a one-bid division. To your point, yes, opens things up for the South. And with Seattle winning yesterday, San Francisco losing again, 
there's a reason we kept harping seven to one, eight to one on Seattle to win that division, that that was strong. Now that number's down to minus 250 for the Niners after their, their three game losing streak, even lower at some spots. Man, Seattle's been crazy. It feels like that's a team where uh, which version is going to show up? <laughs> which direction are they going? But hey, I'm all for it. We were. A they Seattle haven't even looked good. To start the season. I know. No. They haven't look good. No. Not at all. But but in that in that Pete Carroll for it, like you remember the Pete Carroll Russell Wilson heyday. Like how many times are they really win, winning these really close games? The point differential at the end of the season was just atrocious. And yeah. still, they're making the playoffs, they're winning the division, True. they're making a run in the playoffs. Like, that, that's just Pete Carroll for you. Just, like, win some random way and don't worry about how you look in the process. And, and maybe there's just value on that alone. And as far as the Browns-Seahawks game, you know, I was wrong on the side here. Seahawks won 24-20. But, Joe, that was a really strange game where Geno Smith was doing things I wasn't expecting him to do, and the Browns' defense – kept it competitive, but in ways we weren't expecting. Depends when you're talking about the point spread winner, too. Early in the week, two and a half, Seattle's aside, three and a half, Seattle's aside, and then some places closed at four and a half. So then Cleveland ends up being your winner there. So, yeah, funky things going out with that point spread. The market was dead on. What do we think about the Browns' defense now? Now what do we do Uh with this? This was a struggling Seahawks offense I know it's always tough to go there and win all that said 6.6 yards per play for Seattle last week Minshew's offense 6.8 yards per play this was bar none the best defensive in the defense in the league on a tier all by themselves and is Cleveland the most confounding team in the NFL right now between the quarterback situation, which we don't know, and now they have the best defense uh, of 2023. Now they're looking like they're not all that great over the last two weeks in a small sample size. They're a very challenging team to bet. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. They are. And my guy, PJ Walker's magic, I believe it's run out. Is it just, are we going back to Deshaun Watson? Is it Deshaun he Watson sucked. season? Which version of him is going to show sucks. up? Man, He's and then. Awful. I agree. And then the Browns defense like couldn't come up with a stop on that winning touchdown drive at the end of the game. I mean, it's just weird. I'm with you. I don't I can't figure out this Browns team. Uh, no, I, I cannot either for a variety of reasons. This is the second straight game where the Browns defensive success rate was just 50 percent. They were in the 70s and 80s to, to start the year against guys we would argue are better quarterbacks. They were lapping the field as far as the defense was concerned. And now it's something where Miles Garrett won pressure against Seattle. One. That's insane. It's a bad offensive line. Now, <laughs> against a bad offensive line. Exactly right. Where Geno Smith was forced to use play action just to alleviate you know, all the challenges the offensive line was facing. And guess what? Geno Smith wasn't using play action. Part of it was, all right, you had like Agonia Okoronkwo also getting a ton of pressures. You know, it wasn't Miles Garrett doing the heavy lifting. It was other guys. But still, though, you know, the fact that Geno Smith was able to win a football game without play action, 18 of 31 without it, 206 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, passer rating of 72.8, it was still enough. You know, Smith was not like that outstanding despite the game-winning drive, but it was just enough. And to me, the lesson when it comes to the Browns is that their quarterback issues have finally started to come back to haunt them. I mentioned last week that the Browns could be the first team in a long time to have the number one defense and not make the playoffs. Well, despite these lackluster offenses that we've seen across the league, you still have to have a competent quarterback. And guess what, folks? The Browns don't have one. And that's the problem mm-hmm. that they're facing right now is that this duct tape of PJ Walker and DTR, <laughs> Joe, it's not working anymore. Nope. Nope. And uh, we have buried the lead in this game. Jake Bobo has now taken the offensive rookie of the year from mm-hmm. one CJ Stroud. I mean, there's no question about oh it. He was what? plus not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but his anytime <laughs> touchdown, Are you? Which, I, which I did mention on Friday 
was plus 950 for any time he scores the first touchdown. I'm like, oh, if that's a primetime game, there's no doubt. I'm putting some, there's no doubt I'm putting something on Jake Bobo for first touchdown of the game if it's at a primetime spot. But, I, oh, I, think- I mean, stop laughing at him. That's my guy. New new bit. First touchdown, anytime touchdown. Just every time they play. He's awesome. Yeah. He's so good. It's a lightning bets. Oh my gosh. All day, Overreaction every day. He Monday. is. He scored a touchdown last week. Keep laughing. Jake Popo. <laughs> Love Fine. it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> we'll just roll with that now. Uh, shall we also talk about uh, the wacky game in Nashville between the Titans and the huh. Falcons? As Tennessee won that one, 28 to 23. Falcons make a quarterback change. The Titans go with Will Levis. We thought he was in witness protection. We never got to see him up until week eight. But he came out there and he looked outstanding, Joe. Now what do I do? This is a perfect spot. Okay, awesome. Now I'm going to fade this rookie quarterback. That is all these long touchdown passes in his season debut, career debut, I'm going to fade him next week. Oh, he's probably going against Trubisky. Uh, yeah. So I, can I fade him? I got to lay points with the Steelers and the way that they looked. It was impressive. You want to see it again. Yeah. Was it an injury with Ritter? Was it a benching after the game? Arthur Smith says, no, Ritter's our guy. Ritter's our guy. Like, he's shocked that the question was even being asked. But um, and, and, and he's, so tr- he's been so truthful up to this point, right, Joe? Like, I know. Arthur Smith Just has like been nothing but an open book the whole time. Just like all these NFL head coaches, right? Um, yeah, you know, Ian McMillan refuses to put the Falcons in fraud territory. They're frauds, man. They are. <laughs> they stink. They're not good right and and this was the defense people were finally buying in all right you know what half a season i'll buy into the numbers now this falcons defense is really good and here comes will levis sorry Ian. your team lost to a rookie quarterback will levis i think the dude has earned an opportunity to start i felt like the offense came alive um, I love, I thought it was fun and I'm excited to see uh, what Le- Will Levis can do, but tough test against the Steelers coming up. That'll, that'll be rough. <laughs> I think it's more than okay for the Titans to sell. It's okay for them to sell even after mm-hmm. this win. So hopefully in terms of trading deadline and futures, things like that, don't act like that the Titans are just going to change course just because they won this game. I mean, what was it? DeAndre Hopkins on deep shots, two receptions out of three targets, 108 yards and two touchdowns. Good outside the numbers on such attempts. Will Levis just saw Hopkins outside the numbers, saw a good matchup, chucked it, made the catch. Football simple, right? Like, it's not that yep. big of a deal. Like, Will Levis just go in, and as long as he has DeAndre Hopkins on a good one-on-one matchup, then everything's okay. Uh, athleticism is there. The question is, can he do this against maybe four more formidable defenses that maybe will have a game plan against D-Hop? We'll find out as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Levis faced a pressure rate of 44%, sacked twice. He withstood it. And as far as the Falcons are concerned, Taylor Heineke should have been starting a long time ago. Maybe this was the excuse that they needed for him to start, but four more yards per attempt, 18 points higher in passer rating, completion percentage over expected, 3% better. Yeah, face a higher pressure rate, but this Falcons offense moved under Heineke, and that, to me, is the biggest takeaway. They need to play him more often, if not for the rest of the year, completely. And, And the best part of this all is we got through the first two segments without talking about Sunday night football. 
The Bajency is dead. <laughs> R.I.P. That's why we're professionals. <laughs> this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's BetQL Court right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. a bad bet you can't handle the truth take a bad beat i I plead the fifth or just something you want to get off your chest sir you're out of order i don't i show you out of order betql court is now in session on betql daily presented by betmgm Oye, oye, BetQL Court is now in session. The Honorable Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth presiding. Joe mentioned the Jets-Giants game earlier, and I'd like to unpack this a little bit more for BetQL Court, Aaron, just because the game was dumb, but that Tommy DeVito was actually in the ball game was even dumber. And let me explain. When we look at scouting reports, they say all, all sorts of funky things, and sometimes they conflict or they're, they're too detailed for anybody to find this useful, et cetera, et cetera. And I get that Tommy DeVito coming out of Syracuse and later Illinois uh, certainly did some good things in college, no doubt about that. But here's the weird thing, though. I wanted to look up a little bit more about how he was able to get an NFL job in the first place after attempting uh, almost no passes up until overtime when he absolutely had to. And even then, they didn't quite work out. So I went to Pro Football Network and looked up uh, Tommy DeVito's scouting profile. Arm isn't strong enough to overcome a breakdown in mechanics. There's a clear wobble on passes he doesn't drive into, which could also be a sign of having small hands. So that's cool. You know, bring up small hands. That's, that's always fun. So that's cool. Uh, but here's Everyone the part that I really that narrative. Small hands. Yeah, right? Small hands, and you can't do anything. Uh, Yeah, just ask Joe Burrow. Uh, But here's the one that I find really impactful. Uh, On Tommy DeVito, doesn't have high-end traits like cementing himself as a developmental backup quarterback who can manage a basic offense. Isn't that the most insulting thing you could possibly say about a backup quarterback? then he just can't comprehend anything and he can't even be a developmental backup QB. Isn't that the most insulting thing you could possibly say? And if that's true and the consensus is there, why is he even in an NFL uniform? Why does he have an NFL contract if people are writing this stuff about him and pretty much everyone is in agreement? I agree. Like, why was he on the roster and the depth chart to begin with? The athletic headline, Giants lack of trust in Tommy DeVito reveals questionable QB depth chart (laughs) decisions. There you go. I mean, I think if this guy had a mustache, he might be better. I think he needs a mustache just to complete the look. That would help with the mechanics. I do agree with you there. The arm mechanics would be aided by having, you know, a nice, full, robust stash. 
Couldn't agree with you there more, Aaron. But, you know, here's the part that bothers me. Like, okay, yeah, sometimes you get to your third string quarterback and yeah, like, you know, bottom of the barrel, whatever. But you have a mobile quarterback in Daniel Jones and a mobile quarterback in Tyrod Taylor who does have an injury history we can point to. And you have an offense that requires your quarterback to move around a lot and take off on design runs and scrambles. Like, I don't understand why this wasn't a bigger deal for the Giants. You know you are putting yourself in harm's way. Look, if that's the way you want to do it, fine. But then you need to be better prepared for such potential catastrophes. And clearly they're not. Yeah, I... I... Do they think they wouldn't have to go to him? I'm not really sure what decisions were behind this. It's very <laughs> head-scratching to me, Joe. Uh, Tommy, I was just amazed. Because Tommy DeVito was awful in college. Like, I was just like, wait, he's the guy? He's the guy they have to go to? Like, I, I, I knew just based on what I saw. I'm like, oh, they have absolutely no chance. No chance. Whatever, Jake. Oh, Illinois, he would stunk there too. Stop it with his touchdown chain. Get That's out Illinois of here. legend, Tommy DeVito <laughs> to you, sir. Get out of here. What did a, you really like? Maybe, maybe he's a legend he compared with other quarterbacks who have played there. Maybe it's yeah, like who, context. Name yeah. one. Yeah, who else has played at Illinois? Kirk Brandon Kittner. Peters. <laughs> Kirk Kittner. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't go anymore. I can't go anywhere else. So, right. yeah, you went to Illinois. You went to Illinois for your quarterback. Uh, Dayball, mm-hmm. quarterback whisperer, right? He's got some good stuff to work yeah. with over there. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that was embarrassing. It was really bad you had a Giants ticket. Because until that moment, even though they weren't doing anything offensively, as bad as Zach Wilson looked, you felt kind of good about the plus three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- certainly did. Didn't feel good about uh, going under <laughs> – of Wilson's uh, rushing and passing. Oh uh, that didn't work out for me, but the game also went into overtime and it was also close and DeVito was out there. So that just naturally meant Wilson had more drives opportunities to get those yards and accrue them. So yeah, backup quarterbacks kind of messed us all up, but Tommy DeVito's small hands and the lack of ability to comprehend <laughs> a basic offense. Other than that, he was great for the giants. I thought. Bajan's oh, better. A lot better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we saw how well that turned out for the Bears on Sunday night. So, yes, yes. But I don't think anybody was Absolutely. expecting anything else. Um, yeah, good for a start, and then reality sets in. So that, that's going to be an, an interesting point about this week. How many replacements are in there? How many new quarterbacks mm-hmm. are we going to end up seeing? Because for a week, like Levis, like Bajit last week, we had a million other examples, it looks good. And then uh, coming around the corner, reality sets in. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Joe, who would you like to take to court? Good riddance, Pac-12. Get out of here. Good riddance? Yes. <gasps> yes. I'll explain. Blasphemy. In the year 2023, the state of technology that we have, when you have cable, you pay for cable, you should have the ability to watch a ranked team play college football. Or, you know, a Power 5 conference matchup, play college football. Is it on YouTube TV? No. Is it on Hulu? No. Is that on Xfinity? Well, if you get the extra sports package, 
You can watch the Pac-12 network. I actually want to consume your product, your 1,000-yard, 99-point game on Saturday night between USC and Cal, and you can't because you need, like, sling in the Midwest to, to get the Pac-12 network, which is probably part of the problem, and they're they're begging the Big Ten to take some of their teams. Get out of here. Can't wait until it ends. Why am I tracking on my phone? Oh, I'm waiting for the play-by-play to update. I'll let you know if Cal got the two-point conversion to to win this game at the very end and get to 101 points for the game. Come on. Did the play happen yet? Come on. It's like, what are we doing? Pac-12 Network, you suck. Get out. (laughs) Sorry, guys. As someone who has consumed a lot of the Pac-12 Network and lived in that region – it does suck. I'm not going to lie. It's been bad. It never actually was good. And no. gosh, dare I say, they've been kind of cheap. You can tell they cut corners. I, they 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 made their bed and now they have to lie in it, right? Like, is it, isn't this part have... of, I'm not saying it's the main reason, but isn't this part of the problem? Like their exactly. Network is terrible. You can't yeah. whine about this right. happening and like your but... network sucks. <laughs> But the Big 12 doesn't even have a network. And they came out on top in all of this. I, you know, yeah, that's part of the problem. And yeah, I can see Big 12 games. going to involve streaming I, I, and, and I can see those games, though. Okay, yes. But, you know, as far as, like, the low-tier teams, like, you probably – like, the Big 12 has been so top-heavy for such a long time that Texas and Oklahoma and then any other dark horse team, TCU, Oklahoma State, whomever, like, they tend to be on national television anyway. But if something kind of falls between the cracks, then it does get harder for the Big 12 uh, games to get broadcast in some way, shape, or form. Those do go on digital or pay-per-view tiers. So, you know. The number one pick in the draft, will you'll be able to find that game. The Big 12 has the number one or number two pick in the draft. You'll be able to find that game. And this is not the first time mm-hmm. it's happened to me. Like, I want to watch the game. Sometimes it's college basketball, mm-hmm. too. And I can't. And I can't. And I did yeah. pay extra at one time to get it. And then, uh, boy, I'm sorry, Aaron's right. You would see the product. I'm like, this is, this is like low level stuff going on here. High school stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like much. even if you have access, you still don't want to watch it. But I right. did want to watch that. All game. right. <laughs> there yeah. is someone I need to put in court, and that is myself. So we are talking Uh-oh. on Friday. Why is Patrick Mahomes passing yards only like 270 or something like that? Why am I getting such good value on over one and a half passing touchdowns against a terrible Broncos team? I don't care if it's in Denver. What is going on? So I'm sitting down. I'm like, ah, the dude's got the flu. So I'm still like, cool. We're not going to panic. It's going to be a Pat Mahomes flu game. He's going to be a hero. (laughs) Flu game. Michael Jordan. Uh, I was waiting <laughs> yes. for the Michael Jordan flu Same game. I thought this, I yeah. definitely thought that would be in play here, and it certainly wasn't. They said he got a couple IVs. They said he was feeling a little bit better. False. That guy was not himself at all. And you got to travel to Denver, play with the flu. It snowed the night before. Everything was working against him. It all makes sense now. I'm a clown. See? See, Aaron, I, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're putting yourself in jail because you know more than anyone on the show. 
because of because uh, of the timing that when a kid brings in the flu from school or wherever they pick it up and it goes through the house like that is rough like yeah, mm-hmm. I've dealt with it. I I, th- I feel like I'm probably going to jinx myself. I've gotten past that point a little bit, but everything that they pick up at school and bring home, like it is another level. Exactly. And their daughter, Sterling, I think her name is, or something like that. She's probably the same age as my daughter. First thing I thought mm-hmm. of, she's probably in some type of daycare, preschool situation. First, she gets it. The mom gets it. Then Pat Mahomes gets it. No escaping it. You can be a billionaire and it's still coming for you. Whether you like it or not. Rough time, I suppose. You know, the whole flu game thing with Michael Jordan. Didn't the last dance kind of muddy the waters when it comes to what we really think went down there? Like. That just made things even more confusing as yeah. far as like getting to the actual truth as far as how that went down. It's kind of like Christmas and Santa. I still want to believe. <laughs> it was a part of my childhood. Yeah. It, it, I heard some stories after you get in the business. You're like, ah, oh, I didn't want to know that story. I didn't want to know the truth about that one. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Tooth Fairy still gave me 20 bucks. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Odyssey NFL insider Jason LaCanfora joins us to share if he thinks the Chiefs are more vulnerable than we previously thought. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 